Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. It's a uh, it's the love episode. Where today we're just talking about how much we all love each other. Happy I'm Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's Day. If you're listening to this on the day it comes out, which we know you are, you're such a big fan. You can't wait. It's 12.01 on February 14th and your girlfriend or wife or boyfriend or what have you is like, honey, come back to bed. It's officially Valentine's Day. Let's get to necking. And you're like, no, I got to listen to the latest episode of the Online Warriors podcast. It's very important. They're going to be talking about the Super Bowl. I don't blame you. Like, honestly, sorry, tactic. What do you think I'm going to be doing Valentine's night? I'm going to pop my headphones on and be like, I got to listen to the Online Warriors. Yeah. Okay. No necking for tactic. It's brutal. Yeah, no, it's uh, the Valentine's episode. We don't, I, mean, I should be clear. We don't have any specific plans to like address Valentine's Day other than like what I'm doing now. You know, if you're in the mood to celebrate, you should go, you know, take your significant other out to a nice dinner. If you don't have a significant other, take yourself out to a nice dinner. Probably you've earned it. Hashtag the way the world yourself. is, the way the world is today, it doesn't take mu- If you go like two to three days without having a nervous breakdown, you probably owe yourself something. Like, is that, I think we all need to get on board with that as a just general I would, way to approach life. I would agree. A hundred percent. Yeah. So maybe you haven't, you know, owed yourself any, or you owe yourself something and you haven't treated yourself to anything for a week or two weeks or a month or however long. Take yourself out to a nice dinner. Get some Pizza Hut. This episode is sponsored by Pizza Hut. I wish. I really wish Pizza Hut was a sponsor. And that's also, I didn't just pull that out of nowhere. My brother and sister-in-law, shout out to them. The ones that you know, by the way. I don't know if they still do it, but they had a tradition for a long time. And they're happily married. Where every Valentine's Day, they get Pizza Hut. Because they know what they're about. And I respect the hell out of that. They're about explosive diarrhea. Pizza you Hut has the, never given me diarrhea. In that, it if, used to it, all the time. It used to give me really. But like, I think, yeah, same. But they've turned. I think. I think they turned it around, guys. Because like I went semi recently, and I, here I sit to tell the tale. Actually, this is a gross TMI story. But since we're already on this topic, so I have a bone to pick with Grubhub, right? So we so were very like busy on Friday, and so I ordered a Subway for us for lunch, right? And I was like, you know what? We don't have to go out and about. We couldn't cook food because, like, we're currently appliantless. So we're like, you know what? Subway, eat fresh. You're currently appliantless. It's uh, glossing over that detail in the story. Sort of. It's it's a whole long story. We tried to get appliances delivered. It's like a like a multi weekend thing now because the people who built our kitchen put all the cabinets in an angle so nothing fits quite properly, and it's it's a process. All the appliances were originally a press fit design, which like you gotta have clearance. Like the microwave so, was not even like fully screwed in. So, so do you have to apply? Do you have to buy appliances that are also at an angle? Is no, I gotta cut that to, shit. No, yeah. Once they're taken out, he had to like cut the cabinets to make Wee. them fit. Oh, you, doing but, man stuff. Yeah, man stuff. But so I Love ordered that. Subway, right? And two hours goes by, and I'm like, okay, what the heck? So I messaged Grubhub, and I'm like, yo, this is two hours later. I don't want a soggy sub that's been sitting out on a counter somewhere for like subway pickup because they have the rack that they just put your sub on. I don't want something that's been sitting out for two hours. Can you make sure that this is a fresh sub? And they're like, yeah, yeah, no problem. And for your inconvenience, we'll give you $5. So I'm like, okay, great. What did you, what did you order? This is important. Just for my chicken. Just so you're, to know what your preferences are, but also it's important to know how sogged out. Did you get sweet onion chicken teriyaki? Yes, we did. Yes. Yeah. That will, that will sog out like nobody's business because it's got all the sweet onion on it. It finally gets here, and I'm like, okay, you know, they said it would not be a soggy sub. But I look at the receipt, and lo and behold, it was fulfilled. 
the original time two hours prior. So I'm like, you know what? It still looks kind of okay. It's not super soggy. We'll eat this. It looks fine. We'll eat this. The stomach ache. The diarrhea. Oh, you the, do you have the poops? I yeah. have had like five hours later. I have never in my life, like I was, it was rough. It was not good. It was not a fun time. We're going to get the subway lawyers on the line real quick. Give me one second. Beep, beep, boop. Yes, hi, ma'am. Uh, can you please tell us what else you have had within 24 hours of that period? Did you maybe have anything strange, maybe the for lunch the day before? Okay, I might have had a freezer burned Hot Pocket that I found in the bottom of the freezer. It was maybe five or six. <laughs> it was like, it was at least a year old. At least. But if it's freezer burned, it's it, Things go bad. Do you, do okay, not, but I'm- Like frozen isn't no. frozen frozen. I'm going to say the two hours sitting out sub because they say that you should not leave cooked chicken out yeah, that like long. Room temperature. Yeah. They're talking about rice. I guess if you leave cooked rice out, this is a big TikTok yeah, thing. Yeah, I, I did not realize that. If you leave cooked rice on the counter for like five minutes, it's like, no, just throw it out. It's no good anymore. The bacteria is like all up in there, which is like messed up, man. Bacteria need to step off. And it's like bacteria that you can't treat with antibiotics. Like, so like you're destined to poo. I don't understand that because like if you go to any rest, like Chinese restaurant, they have it in just sitting in the rice cooker, like basically indefinitely. It's just, I guess maybe it's yeah, like they, being emptied fast enough, but they cook it in a big barrel. Yeah, we, 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 but I think it's we, hot. We to, it's yeah, they keep it warm. Like we like we went to college at a place, and there, there's probably a restaurant like this at every college in America. But like you go there, it's great Chinese food. Love that place. They literally, I think, it was like a it was like a hundred gallon oil drum. They would just like put the rice in it in the morning, cook it up, and that was the day of rice that they were giving out to folks. And uh, it was good. Anyways, take yourself out to a nice meal on Valentine's Day, or you know, if it's, that's not your meat, that's, that's not your your mo just uh, cook something nice for yourself just be kind to yourself on this valentine's day because you know you you deserve it we're talking about the super bowl today various trailers dropped at or around the super bowl uh, we can also talk about the game too but i i told these guys before we started airing i fell asleep before it, it ended and i'm okay with that i didn't really feel any strong allegiances to either team uh the game was boring until like the fourth quarter so i was just kind of like i don't you know i don't need this I don't know. I'd, I'm more here to talk about the commercials, but the game also did happen. Also, Usher happened to all of us, and we may never recover. I thought he was Hot great. take. Yeah, I want him to come up and hug me behind. No, I'm okay. sorry. Like, he was dancing fantastically. I get it. But, like, for singing, he did not show up. He was not the audio show, though. Like, he was the, the dance. roller skating and the roller skating he was the How dance you not like that enthralled. was where his talent was when oh when ludicrous jumped on whew. i i love me some Lud- let me let me start with saying i love ludicrous every time really and then, good after and then and then ludicrous and lil john oh my god it was like yo let me boot up yeah. limewire real quick and start downloading some music you know what i'm saying and alicia keys was also there yeah. it's you know like i i also say because i i know we talked about this in the podcast i think i remember very vividly it's one of those things you remember talking about i believe we were airing this show when adam levine thought that he was like the hottest man ever and took a shirt off at the super bowl halftime show and everyone was like adam levine you're really not that guy but then usher did it and it was like usher, usher is you that, are guy. that guy yeah usher is absolutely that guy he knows he's that guy and uh you know, if he wants to take his shirt off on national television, I'm not going to stop him. I don't think anyone is. Uh, you'd be insane to do so. Dude was very sweaty. Like, very sweaty. Like, from the word go, he was sweaty. But he was doing a lot up there. I can't really fault him for that. I thought it was great. I thought it was one of the more entertaining halftime shows in recent memory. It certainly wasn't the most entertaining I've ever seen. But I thought it was well executed. 
and uh my wife wanted to get tickets to his tour which i guess they came out today and they're like a jillion dollars so usher i, I guess go get that bag the tickets and streams for usher increased like a ridiculous percentage after the super bowl halftime show yeah people are like who is this guy it's all, i, I, I saw mean, a lot of tweets hear me out I believe we're moving to a world where people just won't go to concerts anymore. That's con- it doesn't matter. I mean, who I it don't. Is. It's insane. Normal people won't because we won't be able yeah. to afford it. Right. We're in an era of like Taylor Swift and Beyonce and now Usher are having concerts and it's like, all right, how many limbs can you sacrifice to give to us for these tickets? Don't don't it's discount a, don't discount right. organs and organs. You can sacrifice. Don't discount organs. organs. That's that's true. You should never discount organs. You should also never buy discount organs. It's a risk. It's equivalent I thought to the halftime show right. was it was great. I, I also saw Twitter talking about how, and I felt very seen by this, because I think it's true of me and probably all of us, of like, this, I don't know if it's the first one where this has happened, but like, it's kind of like that thing, you either live long enough, you either die a hero, live long, long enough to see yourself become the villain. We are now the targeted demographic age-wise for Super Bowl halftime shows. Because there was a stretch there where I was like, this isn't for me. And then Usher came on and I was like, this is definitely for me. Like, maybe not for me personally, but it's for my generation. It's for the LimeWire generation. And uh, I don't know how to feel about that. It's, it's, it's making me come to grips with my mortality, maybe more than I previously was. I think but, this is not the first time we've been targeted, though. And I think what they do, and this is fairly smart, I feel like they cycle who they target. Because there possibly, were definitely, yeah. like, think about the Justin Timberlake ill-fated Super Bowl halftime show. We were yeah, young, but that was our, like, we were the target demographic for that. I think they well, he cycled also, through. He, yeah, he did another one. I thought you were actually, you're talking about the the booby show. Oh, yeah, the I wasn't booby talking show. about that. I was talking about the one he did recently where he was like, it wasn't very good. If you, if you don't remember it, that makes sense because it was not very, I think it might have been the pandemic Super Bowl, but it was like not good. I thought the weekend was pretty good. That was another recent one that I was like, this is entertaining. He was running around in the in the hallways. Yeah, the mirror good. thing too. Wasn't he in like a hallway yeah. of mirrors? He was, in a, he was in like a fun house. It was pretty good. Let's talk commercials. Uh, let's talk commercials. Let's talk trailers. Let's talk commercials first because it's going to be a brief discussion. What did you... I just put a straw poll. What did you think was the funniest commercial? Because there was a clear standout for me. I really liked the, the Dunkin' one. Donuts commercial, to be honest. It was pretty good. It was it was upper tier. The upper crust commercial. commercial for sure. Did not see it. John Krasinski went to the, was in it. Must have went to the it bathroom. Was a, it was that. an office spoof because it wasn't John Krasinski. I have to go. I have to go look at that one. I, I didn't. I didn't see that one. I thought the funniest one by far. Well, okay. I will say I have a soft spot for the Michael Sarah one. I thought that was really funny. That wasn't my favorite one, but that was an example of really good brand usage. I thought the Paramount Plus one with Patrick Stewart. Oh yeah. See, I it don't was, know if that with the Super Bowl though, because I actually sent that to you guys like a week ago. The Hey Arnold oh. thing, like that was yeah, that was clutch. That and you're touching on something that I want to get to because like. They also cut it short during the Super Bowl. It wasn't the full commercial. Well, no, they ran it twice. They ran it once shortened and once full length, which is like weird. But like you're touching on something important. So first of all, yes, you're. If you send it to us, I did not watch it. That's my bad. But there's a reason for that. In some sense, like I think the whole like a lot of the trailers we're going to talk about today, some of the commercials, they come out a couple days before the Super Bowl, and they're like, "This is our Super Bowl spot," and I'm like. It makes me mad. We just I just cut to the chase. That bothers me. It's like you're diluting the whole purpose. If you're if you're releasing it early, I get that you want people to watch it, but like then when it comes out on the Super Bowl, people are gonna be like, I've seen this, and it just like and the the other thing that bothers me. We're gonna talk about this with all the trailers. Is this whole okay? I get that a Super Bowl spot costs like a jillion dollars. All right, this crappy like 
show 10 seconds of a trailer and say full trailer online now, uh, it needs to be stopped. I don't know how we do it as a society, but I hate that for us. Give me the whole thing or give me nothing. Don't give me 10 seconds and then make me work for it. Like, I don't know. It just it really grinds my gears, I guess. Other funny commercials. There was at least one that I was, I'm thinking of that was really funny. The Bud Light one was not funny. Let me start by saying that. Didn't like that. It's going to come to me sometime later in the episode. Yeah, shout out Patrick Stewart. Shout out to the guys in the... The Duncan one was very good. That was very well put together. I was, I was a fan of it. A lot of trailers. A lot of, lot of movie trailers that we had to go online to watch because they wouldn't show us the whole thing. I want to talk about... I want to talk about Twisters first. Let's go. I... Yeah, so this, is, was, this was really great. I hope we're going to be all on the same page on this one. I think this is awesome. I did not realize that they were remaking this. And so this is tangentially related but when i was a little kid and the original twister movie came out at like one of the scholastic book fairs they had did you ever have one of these it was like a little tube like a cylinder that had water in it and you would swirl it around in your hand and it would create a little like a little tornado twister in there Little tornado and mine was twister branded and had the field full of cows and had like the movie branding and i thought it was the coolest thing in the world yeah, my wife and I, we watched the trailer for this, and then we looked up the scene in the first one with the cows. Because it's an iconic scene with the cows are flying. They're driving around in a tornado, and there's just cows flying by the car, and the car is fine. We need more of that in cinema. I, I thought this was... I think it's it's fair to make the argument that like this is more not original IP, and like just make an original movie instead. And like the worst thing they could do with this, I don't think they're going to do this, but the worst thing they could do with this is try and franchise it and like make a Twisters 2 and a Twisters 3. I hope to God that doesn't happen. I don't I think they could get the stars to thing. come back. Like, I don't think you could maintain this cast. And I think the cast is going to be one of those things that drives it. Yeah, I think I, I think it's fair to say one of the more recognizable names is Glenn Powell. And Daisy Edgar Jones. I like Edgar Glenn Jones. Powell. Daisy Edgar Jones, Akira Shipka, uh, Anthony Ramos. Glenn Powell, considering his currently ongoing like meteoric rise i think it's like the big headline dude i like him i'm not like you know like crazy about him but like i think he can carry a movie like this i think that's what he's i think that's what he is designed to do and it's what he's going to try to do absolutely i just don't think you could get this ensemble back for a second one because we know that sequels never really hit well some of them are going to die probably right not the actors the characters just clear i I figured but i don't know (laughs) did people die in the original twister you like know, the main funny. cast, I can't remember. Well, Holly Hunt didn't die, and Bill Paxton didn't die. Philip Seymour Hoffman might have died, though. I don't know. It's a good question. We'll have to go back check the tape on the first one. I just like. I think that this is a great. It's a. It's a movie. It's the original one came out in like 1996 or something. Like it's back when it was. It came out back when special effects were like just kind of becoming a big deal, and it had good special effects. But like what they could do back then and what they can do today even in spite of the fact that the VFX industry is like currently in a state of crisis, like it's vastly different. And this movie, which is just a movie about a natural disaster, like, or natural disasters, plural, I guess, can benefit greatly from a fresh coat of paint. And like I said, it can benefit greatly from existing as a movie that, while it has kind of this big feeling scale and like action-y-ness to it, it exists in a space that there aren't many movies now. It's it's almost, I mean, I'm sure this was a big budget movie, but it's almost mid-budget and there's no mid-budget movies anymore. So like, I think this could carve out a really good space. Uh, I think I'm sure it's getting a summer release. I don't know off the top of my head, but like this could do surprisingly well, I think. 
What's really and exciting I want to. too is this could be based on a true story because of the way that climate climate uh, is trending with superstorms. So it is Yay interesting. Earth. I wonder, <laughs> like the ex- the extent to which, because like back in '96, they probably weren't talking about. It. They probably didn't mention it in the movie. I don't know. Someone Twister heads can correct me in the comments. Like, did they talk about climate change a lot in the original Twister? I honestly don't know. But like in this one, they're kind of obligated to mention it at least you in passing. To. I feel yeah. like so that will be interesting. You're right. Yeah, I'm just I'm I'm really into this. I thought this was a great. This is this is a rare re- quote unquote reboot that like I'm like yeah this makes a lot of sense and like I don't want to rule out it being bad but I mean they did kind of seen... mention this too in Geostorm. Oh my god, that movie was yeah. horrible. Never saw Geostorm, but it was awesome. It was a great I'm... popcorn flick. I tell you, went to the movies. Gerard Butler, chef's kiss. That was one of those movies that you're like, there was no scientist involved with anything. Absolutely not. They were like, let's set this fucker in space, see what happens. (laughs) And there was was no need, because the movie probably made a jillion dollars. The budget for this movie, I should say, first of all, I looked up some facts very briefly. July 19th is when it comes out. It it does have a $200 million budget, which I wish it wasn't that high. (laughs) Let's just say it. Like, I want this to be... And, like, I guess I don't know that the original Twister was, like, a mid-budget movie or whatever, but, like, I kind of want this to be that. Like, I want it to feel a little bit smaller scale. Like, I don't want it to just be, like, a different version of a superhero movie in terms of budget, but maybe that's unreasonable. At at the end of the day, Twisters are scary. Like, I've never... I haven't ever experienced a tornado. I don't want to, ever. I would certainly not drive into one. Yeah. That that just... Let alone two... Twister. The, the, the promise of spectacle alone is, I think, worth the cost of admission for this movie. So, I, I again, I do think it's probably going to do very well. Moving right along, I, I think the one that we're most obligated to talk about, considering what this podcast is, is probably Deadpool 3. Or should I say Deadpool and Wolverine? I guess it's, it's, there's a lot to get into here, so why don't we do that? First of all, this comes out July 26th, so a week after the one we just talked about. I will say, I did not know... I guess maybe there's a way I should have known, but like, I didn't know the TVA was going to be involved in this. I hate that. I, I hate it a lot. I mean, we had we had talked about like what we think this is going to be. And I got to say, if you roll back the tape, we were spot on that it was going to be him universe jumping. And we kind of guessed that it was going to be the TVA. And we reluctantly said, I really hope it's not. Lo and behold. It's, it's upsetting because there's a couple things. First of all, it being it involving the TVA means there's going to be some homework you have to do potentially to like fully enjoy this movie, which is exactly the so wrong annoying. thing to do with this. Like Deadpool was really great as like a semi standalone, and I get trying to ingratiate it into the rest of the MCU, but tying it to a Disney Plus show, like get out of here. I well, it's I also it's not sense. only a Disney Plus show, but it's also Ant Man and the Wasp as well. My statement stands. I get a strong sense that this movie too, and I don't know if you guys noticed this. And like, again, it's a trailer that, to, in some respect, was like cut for TV. It has to be nice. It's not a red band trailer. I have immediate concerns that they are going to neuter him a hundred percent significantly. I mean, when like, you and, the feel of this movie from the trailer alone felt a lot more like stock MCU movie than it did Deadpool, and I didn't like that. I I disagree with both of you guys. I think that's wild to me. Yeah, no, I I I I think I don't mean to cut you off, but I just want to point out the same humor that we saw in this trailer is basically the same humor in She-Hulk. Yeah, I don't re- recall She-Hulk talking about getting pegged. So I no, but it was definitely leaning into the sex a lot. 
comparatively to other MCU stuff. Like we've just we've seen this type of humor before. It doesn't feel Deadpool-y. It feels like they're shoehorning it into MCU humor. Yeah, De- Deadpool. There was me, plenty like, of crude humor in the first two. I'm not just talking about the crude humor. There's something like right. It's the tone. It's just he, different. Yeah, what I would say is there, and like I should say, I'm sure this movie's still going to be rated R. Like the pegging joke alone probably like bumps it up to like high range PG-13. But like it, yeah, it's not just the crude humor. There's a pretty definitive edge to the first one and i guess the second one too but like the first one is the one i always remember where like he's not just saying this stuff it, there's a certain way that it comes across and like it, it's a little bit indescribable and i know you were just trying to describe it too nerd bomber but like that's what made it good and unique is like they're not just making the jokes because they're edgy they're making the edgy jokes and they're like kind of leaning into them more than any other movie was at the time especially but a deadpool movie. I, and Let's be clear here. Deadpool breaks the fourth wall and She-Hulk breaks the fourth wall. Like, they are, like, it's no surprise that they're similar. And I think the conclusions are merely being drawn because of the TVA's presence. I think it's really hard to say that it's going to be slapstick Disney bullshit that we've seen on the MCU and I think we got to give it more of a chance. That's all I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not saying it's going to be that either. I'm not saying it's going to be completely watered down. I'm just saying that the vibe I got from this is that it's going to be at least a little watered down. And like, at the end of the day, it is Disney making this. Like, they probably have a limit that Fox just did not have when they were making Deadpool. That like, Ryan Reynolds, I'm sure, like, I, I believe in Ryan Reynolds. I'm sure behind the scenes of this movie, he was fighting tooth and nail to be able to make all kinds of horrific jokes and like you know crank up the gore but like i would be very surprised if this movie came out and it was the level of edgy and raunchy and all the good things that deadpool and deadpool 2 were i just don't see that happening for this. what i, I don't, don't think understand this looks is but he was able to universe jump in the first one in the post credit he literally killed the ryan reynolds deadpool mistake I don't know why they why they needed to even involve the TVA, why they couldn't just do the same kind of shenanigans of like comic frame jumping. That's that's yeah. my well, main I, I was confused because doesn't okay, so in the first scene of this trailer, he's with Miranda Backer and and he's with that guy, the mustache guy. Didn't that guy die? No, he survived in the second one. It turned out he survived. No, the guy the the guy who spits the bile threw up on him, remember? He he lands because there's a whole parachute scene and we're like getting into the weeds here but like there's a whole scene where they all parachute down and like the one guy gets cut in half by the helicopter brad pitt gets hit on the power lines but this this guy his name is peter he lands and he's like yeah let's go and then the the uh, bill skarsgård lands in the wood chipper and he's like peter's trying to get him out and bill skarsgård throws up the acid vomit on him and he dies yeah and then so, like the post-credit the starts, scene in the post-credit scene he uses time travel to save his life so it was Deadpool 2 where they do that. Yes, in Deadpool 2. Okay, so he brings... The, okay, so you're right. He brings them back. He brings them back to life. He brings his wife back, all this stuff. And then, yeah, he come, this movie starts and like... I mean, I'm sure they're going to do some BS MCU one-line way to be like, oh, yeah, Cable's time device like got lost in the mail or something and everyone's going to shrug and move on. And then it'll get taken to the TVA and like all this bullcrap's going to happen. But like, you're right. That's a good question. Why not just let him do what he was doing when deadpool 2 ended and like have fun with time in his own deadpool way i also want to say like the tva that whole thing i just 
and I know it's going to happen. It has to happen. It's their whole thing. It's the MCU. It's their whole shtick. Like, why do they feel the need to tie them into everything else? Like, it's what it's what I expected. It's what we're going to get. But it still makes me sad to see them be like, oh, he's going to be he's going to meet Owen Wilson at the TVA. And like, he's look at it, it's him seeing footage of Captain America and the Hulk. And like, all it's like those it's that's over. Can we just move on from that? And like have a superhero movie. That's again, part of what made Deadpool and Deadpool too good. And you're just going to undo it. This is probably going to be entertaining. Like I'm I, the trailer ended and like my wife was like, I'll see that with you if you go to see it in theaters. And I'm like, I yeah, I probably will. Like, it's probably going to be good, but I just think it could be so much better. That's, like, the main thing I walked away from this trailer for. Well, another thing, too, that I wish they showed a little bit more on is you just barely got a view of who the actual villain is. And it was based on the back of a head. And so, like, props to the internet for being the internet. I still don't know. It's Cassandra Nova. It's a powerful psychic with telekinetic abilities trying to basically kill charles xavier and master the universe and so it's him and wolverine's job to take them take them out i also like can we talk for a second about they don't show wolverine at all and like at this point first of all everyone knows wolverine's in it and they They've also know what he looks like, a year. like from like and they know paparazzi. what he looks like from yeah. from the foot like the photos so like who are you fooling like what are you doing just show him like I never, even without all that context, I never understand why movie trailers do that. It's like, okay, what are you building us up for? Like anyone with an internet connection and a pulse these days can figure out anything they want about a movie. Why are you withholding? Just like show us what you want to show us. It's, it's goofy. Any, in any case, this movie, July 26, 2024, this is going to be a big one. I don't know. Let us know what you thought of this one and of Twisters. And we're going to talk about a couple more after the break. Uh, but before we do, uh, well, first of all, at OW86, at OW Tactic, at OW Nerd Bomber, and our main show account, at Online Warriors one that's where you can talk to us about these things, over on Twitter, or X, if that's your, your parlance. We're going to take a short break, but before we do that, it's that time again in the episode where I shout out our fantastic Patreon producer, Mr. Stephen Keller. Stephen has been supporting us on the show for quite a while now. He supports us at the highest of our three levels of Patreon support, which is the night level. He carries a sword, he carries a mace, he carries whatever he wants, because he's noble. You want to be a knight, you want to be like Steven. Steven gets a producer shout-out every episode. He gets input into the weekly game segment. He gets the occasional guest spot on the show. And, of course, he gets access to the monthly secret segment and the monthly vlog. There's a squire level of support, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and the vlog. And a, and a page level, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment. For the details on any and all of those levels of support, you can head over to patreon.com slash podcast. Say hi to us. Say hi to Steven. Consider giving back to this show that you've been listening to for decades. Can you imagine if we were doing this for decades? It kind I mean, of feels like we have not We're way. getting really close. We're, what, eight years? We're actually close to one decade, as I, as I think about it. If you round up, we're already in the decades. So just think about that. Uh, so again, that's patreon.com slash online warriors podcast. And uh, thanks again to Steven. We'll be right back to talk about Knuckles and A Quiet Place Day One. Hello, me popsicles. Why don't you grab your multipass, a drink, and come sit with us? Let's pick each other's brain. We want you to be part of our intimate conversation about science fiction topics. Let's do this. Join us, and let's talk about science fiction topics in books, movies, TV shows, and games. At Science Fiction Remnant, you are invited to listen in. Listen now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, 
or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget your multipass. All right. Uh, so you've heard of Sonic. You've heard of Sonic 2. If you're like me, you haven't seen either one. Let me start by saying that. In the second one, I believe Knuckles was introduced, voiced by Idris Elba. And we got a trailer, again, it was quote-unquote during the Super Bowl, but really it was like a couple days before, for miniseries, I believe it's six episodes, coming out April 26th of this year that documents Knuckles' fight with, I don't know, someone. Uh, I don't know who that guy is. Apparently he is a disciple of Dr. Robotnik. Technically, you may be able to speak more to that than, than I can. My main point of feedback is, what the heck is Kid Cudi doing here? What is that about? Kid Cudi is an actor. I will have you know. No, I know that, but like, this is an interesting project for Kid Cudi to to single out as like, I'm going to do this. Maybe he's a really big Sonic fan. You don't know. It's very possible. I think this looked bad, but I have no context. I think it it looked bad, but my opinion doesn't matter. That's what I'm basically saying. I thought it looked kind of funny, honestly. I don't know. I really like, oh man, what's his name? His name is Adam something. Adam Pally. Yes. Adam Pally has been funny in probably like 70% of the things that I've seen him in. The other 30 sometimes are a little like kind of funny, kind of not. But 70% of the things that I've seen him in, relatively funny. And I think especially in this kind of playing off of Knuckles, I think this could be like a dumb, funny, like buddy comedy show. And I'm kind of here for it. I don't think the knuckles humor or the sonic humor like within this universe has staying power for a whole series i think it's you don't good. know it could be like a six episode run i think it's good for an hour and a half it is and and that's it i think this is going to get old and slapsticky annoying very quickly a six episode run of maybe like 20 minute episodes is basically a movie i want to understand I want to understand that decision because I, I agree, again, without having any context. I These feel like things that have been very successful as movies. I know at least the first one was. I don't know about the second one. But like somewhat successful at least. Why? Why make it a show? Is it more financially beneficial to Paramount for it to be a show? I think probably because Knuckles doesn't have enough stay in power to have his own movie but they are making I don't a concerted agree. i don't i don't agree with that right away like if if you introduced him in sonic 2 and sonic 2 did well then make knuckles and people but who like sonic 2 will go watch sonic 3 i don't think that you'll get people to commit to just a knuckles dedicated movie the same way that you would with the mainline sonic movies because this is going to be focused like sonic will pop in here and there but this is primarily going to be knuckles and like a weird little side adventure and i think people go to the movies to see like the full Sonic crew. I think this is something that they probably wanted to tell this story and they knew that it wouldn't hit at the box office as well as they wanted it to, but it might drive people to subscribe for Paramount+. Plus. And I mean, clearly even with the marketing money that they're putting into their commercials, they want people to come to Paramount+, Plus for some reason. Like we all know, I think we're all in agreement at this point that the myriad streaming options are just cannibalizing one another and they're all kind of like destined to fail at this point. Like all of these individual ones, like people are literally signing up for trials and then bouncing off of them immediately. And I think they're hoping that this will be something that would get people to stick. But who knows? I guess I can't imagine that happening. (laughs) Like, I, I, I mean, I'm not the target audience for this show. Like, the target audience for this show is kids, 100%. Uh, last I checked, I'm not a kid. But like, 
before Shadow I dropped, just... Knuckle was my favorite character, right? He's red. My favorite color is red. Where can you go wrong? Who I just, cares? I, <laughs> I, it's, not, it's not even who cares. Like, if, if I just don't under again the decision to like we're gonna draw people to paramount plus with our new show knuckles that demands that you saw two movies before this one and that also is really just for kids like it's it's and it's only six episodes like this the main market of like people they're gonna pick up that will subscribe to paramount plus are gonna be people who want to like make their kids happy if you're a parent you're not gonna buy a subscription to paramount plus so your kid can burn through six half-hour episodes and be done in a Okay, day. but how about this? You are a millennial parent who grew up loving Sonic. Your kid, you're not really sure if they would really sit through a movie theater experience. So now you've subscribed to Paramount Plus so that you can show them the Sonic movies and this TV show. Yeah, that's not what I'm doing. I'm, I'm introducing them in the Sonic Prime, and I quality content animated Sonic series with a lot more episodes. Okay, so... but. You're missing the point, though, that you can also get the movies. You subscribe to Paramount Plus and for like a month, now you've got movies and you've got the TV show. And if any of you have been around kids, which I know none of us have kids, but just knowing from like my nieces and nephews, kids will hyper fixate on something for about a month. And so you can have your kid watch Sonic many times over. And now you have three different variations of it so that you don't have to get bored watching the same thing. I, if, if it's me, I'm going to have them watch the first one on Pluto TV for free, according to Google. It's on Pluto? Yep. The first one is. And if they like it, then I'll consider maybe getting Paramount Plus. But then I also might just have... I rent Sonic 2 for them for four bucks. <laughs> like, I just... I don't understand the economic proposition here, like, at all. I understand the idea of the show. I don't really want to watch it myself, but I get it. I just think it would be better as a movie. I think it makes more sense as a movie. I don't know why they didn't make it a movie. I don't, I guess I don't know, like, is this, because the other thing is that, like, oftentimes, maybe not in this case, but I would say at large, conventional wisdom suggests that a show is just going to be a movie that's longer and has lower production value. And I don't want, I don't want it to be longer. I don't want it to have lower production value. I want it to have good production value and tell its story and be done. So I I, I don't know, like, this might be great. I'm never, I'm not going to know. I probably won't even hear about it if it's good. So are you guys Paramount Plusers? Are you are are you guys even have the ability to watch this? Are you going we to watch this? We had Paramount Plus, and this will probably be something that I'll watch the next time they give me a free trial because that's that's where I'm at right now. So we are finally at one point we had like every streaming service because we had free trials in abundance, and now we're back down to just having like the Hulu trifecta, whatever comes with that, and Netflix because all of the other like free trials ran out. So now we're just down back to like the two core basics. And I mean, we have Prime and HBO, but I don't really count those because we get them with other things. So like we're not paying for them. Well, Knuckles episode one comes out April 26th. I will say the good thing, one of the best things I can say about this, all six episodes are dropping at once. So I like it when the shows do that. I know it's not in their interest to do so, but I I like when they do it. (laughs) So we'll see how long this remains in the public eye and if it ever gets into the public eye, I guess. Finally... A Quiet Place. It's it's interesting. If you Google it, it says A Quiet Place Part 3, but IMDb says A Quiet Place Day 1. I prefer Day 1, personally. That's a more interesting title. This is, I believe, the first time Michael Bay has produced A Quiet Place movie, and it kind of shows. And I'm not saying that like it's a bad thing. Let me clarify. I think Michael Bay gets made fun of a lot, and not without reason, but he's like, one of the reasons he makes so many movies is because like people do respond to like what he does. I did not see a quiet place part two. 
assuming that that is not a prerequisite to watch this movie, I may very well watch this movie. I think this looks more interesting than A Quiet Place and A Quiet Place Part 2. Like, A Quiet Place was a phenomenon because of the unique premise. I think they got a decent amount of mileage out of that. But I think I want to see a little more carnage. And it looks like this is going to give me that. I don't know. What were you guys thoughts on, on A Quiet Place Day 1? I don't know if it will have the same gravitas because it's going to be basically the build up into realizing, guys, we got to shh, shh, we got to be quiet. And it, I feel like it's just going to feel like generic alien invasion movie because of that. I think there is something to be said about following the specific family that made it feel less like a generic alien invasion movie and gave it gravitas and high stakes. And, you know, part of that actually wore off, I thought, in the sequel. Like, it was still engaging, but there was something missing. And now I feel like expanding the universe even further, like, I get why they want to do it. It'll probably be a good movie, but it will feel a little bit more generic alien invasion. That said, there really aren't many alien invasion movies lately, so why not? Yeah, those are fair criticisms. Like, it's... Yeah, you're you're taking the family that people presumably have grown to care about over two movies totally out of it. And you are kind of making the answer to the main dramatic question apparent to the audience before they see it, right? It's going to be how do they how do they all find how and when do they all find out that you have to be hush hush or these these guys will kill you. It seems like they find that out pretty early on based on the trailer. But I think this one's just like I like the fact it takes place in a city. I think that's always a good setting for an alien invasion movie. And also Joseph Quinn that's like, I, I want more Joseph Quinn. I think most people, after seeing Stranger Things last season, want more Joseph Quinn. This is as good a venue as any for us to get to get that. Not to mention Lupita. I'm always a Lupita fan. So like, I don't know, there's even much more to be said about this than that. It looks like it could be pretty intense. It looks like it's going to be a lot louder, but that's kind of a given. And uh, I'm, I'm here for it. So I guess we don't need to belabor this one too much. June 28th is when it comes out. Again, I don't know that I... Going to theaters is hard these days. I don't know that I'll go to the theater for this, but I'm certainly going to watch it. I think it's my pre-review of this. That brings us to What Are You Up To Wednesday. This is the part of the show where we talk about what we've been up to. And uh, I don't know. Do either of you guys want to go first or should I go first? I was going to just open up to discussion today. Dealer's Who's going to go first? Who's the dealer in this case? Is it me? Yeah. All right, I'll go first. I'm about to go... I'm about to go ham on a movie that I watched that I thought was going to be good, and it was is not. And I'm flying in the face of critics at large when I say that Past Lives was a huge waste of time. This is a movie that the trailer looks great. It's a romance story, and it is up for Best Picture, among probably a few other Academy Awards that I can't think of right now. Those reasons alone, I'm like, I'm pretty in. We were deciding between this movie and anatomy of a fall which is another film up for best picture uh, we chose this one and we chose wrong i think we haven't watched anatomy of a fall yet but i'm guessing that one was better than this one because i've never seen a movie that's an hour and 45 minutes long have less words spoken in it except for maybe in a quiet place but this movie there's just like long stretches of two characters looking at each other and like just not saying anything and like there's supposed to be meaning to it i understand that but there's there's just not it wasn't great. I you can there are so many other movies that came out in the past year. Some of them are up for best picture and some of them are not that you should watch instead of this movie. And if you want to watch a romance movie, there's also many movies I've seen that are better than this one. So I don't really get it. I don't get why this one is like so beloved right now. I don't know, maybe we'll watch Anatomy of a Fall and I'll let you guys know how that is cuz we're trying to knock out some of the best picture or at least I'm trying to knock out some of the best picture nominees this year cuz I always try to do that. So did that and then the other thing I wanted to update on 
is I finished Murtag. Murtag. I still don't know how to pronounce it. What's the There's a pronunciation guide in the in the back of the book, but I don't remember what it said. It was good. It's definitely without. So how do I put this without spoiling anything? There could very easily be more if he wants for there to be. And I don't know for sure that anything's been confirmed. Books not, don't really work like that in the same way that movies and television shows do. But it ends on a, it, there's a resolution, but there's also like a, hey, we let's keep going kind of thing. It did, I would say in the final third, it did drag, it's a long book. It dragged a little bit. And this is something that I think when I was a kid and I was reading the Inheritance Trilogy, I didn't really care. But I know it was true of those as well, is that Christopher Polini likes the sound of his own voice. He's kind of like Stephen King in that way. Most of what he's saying has a point, but he takes a little bit to get to places narratively sometimes. But it was great. It was, it's exactly what you think it's going to be in most respects. And if you want that, you'll get it. So I don't know what I'm going to start reading next. There's a few different directions I could go in and I haven't yet decided. Also in a similar spot video game wise for what it's worth, I'm at a bit of a crossroads and I'm trying to decide what my next move is. So you'll hear from me about those things next week. Boy, Nerd Bomber, why don't you uh, keep us rolling here? All right, so we watched, and I don't believe we talked about this last week, but stop me if I did. We watched season two of Dr. Death, and this is a show that's on Peacock. It's like true crime, but it's dramatized. And the first season focused on Charlie from The Mighty Ducks. He grew up to become a doctor who (laughs) then butchered people basically in surgery no i'm kidding like that was the actor but no that was there was a doctor who did that and so this second season focused on another doctor who was interested in stem cells and the regeneration of tracheas because currently and i I did not know much about this field at all but currently for people who have injured tracheas or anything like that or there are some patients who are born without them altogether the only way to get a transplant is to basically wait for a donor that's the correct size which is apparently super rare so even standard trachea replacement surgeries are very few and far between so this doctor basically convinced everybody that he had solved the mystery of basically like stem cell regeneration and used these plastic tracheas and then would implant them in patients but then they didn't actually work so he was essentially experimenting on patients because he never you know finished his clinical trials he never even like applied for licenses to do human trials at all and he would basically flit around from country to country and operate on people and was well regarded and lauded as like a miracle worker like meredith vieira interviewed him on whatever channel she was on and like an entire special about how he was this miracle doctor And the show basically follows, A, what eventually got him caught was, you know, how he, the producer for the Meredith Vieira interview, he convinced her that he was single and then they got engaged and then he basically sold her on this life like she quit her job and he was going to take her to Spain and he knew the Pope and they were going to get married in Italy and the Pope was going to marry them and it was all just BS and he had another family. So she basically blew up his spot and then that's how he got caught. I mean, it kind of spoils the show a little bit, I guess, what I'm telling you, but it was just wild to me how this guy was just able to smooth talk his way into people letting him do these surgeries, even though they didn't work. And he would then disappear on his patients after they didn't work. And it was crazy. And we don't watch a ton of true crime, but this was like, this was this was a weird one. And yeah, my, my wife watches a lot of true crime. It, I can't do it. Tell her like, to watch even just this you describing show. It's, this. It's wild. Like, it's I think she already unsettling. watched season one. 
watch season two one she's she's at least watched because it's a season one guy there's like a bunch of podcasts about him too i know i'm sure she knows the story of the season two guy too she just knows all these stories already it's like i can't imagine listening to all this stuff and in particular trusting the doctor, a doctor. Stuff, <laughs> and trusting and going to a hospital ever again i'd be like oh you know what i'll just try and fix this bullet with myself thanks but yeah it Sounds was stressful it was it did like my blood pressure was going at one point my smartwatch was like yo hey your heart rate's getting a little high here buddy and it was just because i was like so stressed there was one point the one episode i think i literally paused it and i just looked at tactic and i was like what is even happening how are they still letting this guy do this like what is going on right now and i was just getting so angry and i will say there is one episode that i think it was super sad and tragic and based on a real patient, but I think it may have been the best episode in the show and the doctor was rarely even in it. I think he maybe had like five minutes of screen time in that episode, but may have been one of the most impactful episodes of television that I've watched in a hot minute. Like it left me just feeling some sort of way and it was very impactful. So I give them credit for that. But yeah, it was it was a wild show. So I highly recommend, even though I just kind of gave a summary, I recommend that you watch it because what is this? What is it on? Peacock. Peacock. And I believe there's a free version of Peacock that you can watch this on. I might be wrong, but I I think there might be a free version. But there's also apparently a documentary on Netflix, which I did not know, but it came out around the same time as the the Peacock dramatization of it. So like you can get the TLDR in a, you know, hour and a half documentary if you don't want to watch the full series. But yeah, it it was it was something. That is for sure. That's kind of what I mean is that there's like cuz I I mentioned there's a podcast too. Like it's at, at the end of the day, there's only so many messed up people committing heinous crimes. So there's going to be overlap. Like, there's only so many cults and doctors who are committing malpractice and, like, families that are murdering each other. Well, I think Eventually, the reason... there's going to be a bunch of shows about the same stuff. The reason why this had multiple, like, things that came out around the same time was because he recently... And again, if you don't want to know how this all ends, he recently got convicted, like, in 2022... Like he had been operating since like the yeah, 2010s. so they're like allowed to talk about it now. Yeah, and ironically, and again, if you don't want to know how this ends, close your ear holes for like a hot minute. But he only got two and a half years, and like mm-hmm. butchered like yeah, eight you'll people. Be mad. You're gonna be mad if you watch ha- this. Hashtag justice. So crazy, but yeah, we watched that, and that was like an all-consuming thing. I think we binged it within a week because I don't know. It was just like once you started it, it was so baffling that I just. We had to finish it. And Mandy Moore was in it. Hmm. Cool. Anything else or is it is it T-Dog's turn? That was pretty much it. Like that was like eight hours, I think. Maybe a little bit more because some of the episodes ran long. It's like, it was a good chunk of my time this week. T-Bone Capone. So the floor is yours. Two things I want to talk about. So we watched The Family Plan and it stars Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. And he is an ex-government assassin turned regular family guy. And it, it was a kind of a fun spy-ish movie, entertaining, and we wanted to watch it because there's apparently that they, they did the same exact movie um, on another streaming service where it's the wife is the ex-government assassin. So we, we watched this in preparation to watching that other one. So this was entertaining. I recommend it. And then we also started watching Mr. and Mrs. Smith which is a, another kind of spy movie. We're, we, we're, we're kind of slotted into a genre right now. It's a good time. And this is starring... Maya Erskine and Donald Glover. Yep, them. 
and it's about them being paired up as a husband and wife and kind of going through various missions and kind of navigating this new life. And again, it's entertaining. It starts off a little cringy, I will say, but as they start to like navigate their own relationship between each other, it works out to where it's 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 pretty enjoyable. Yeah, my wife and I definitely plan to watch that one, so I'm looking forward to diving into that at some point soon. Cool, man. Well, I think that brings us to our final stop, which is Quiztown. And uh, Nerd Bomber is in charge of administration of the quiz today. Before I, let, I turn, hand things over to her, I will say that I'm uh, currently in first place. Three and one. Uh, Nerd Bomber, three and two. Tactic, two and two. Steven, one and oh. Congrats, Steven. I'm just trying to get a nice slice of cheese on apple pie. So we'll see if, if yeah, we punishment TBD for this, this season. But I'm looking to maintain my stranglehold on the top spot nerd bomber it's all you all right so this week's topic is hollow knight and i'm sure our patreon producer steven is very excited about this one i know this is one of those games that he absolutely this loves. is on my must playlist and i know tactic has been not using it as a basis for his own video game pursuits but you know how like a good artist and a good writer like you study the craft of others and i know tactic has been studying i use the craft this of others, as encouragement so the animation in this one i have to be specific here the animation in this one is a low bar to entry, but it still has excellent weight. And so when I look at games like Metroid Dread, which is like an artist rendering of everything, right? It's it's everything's got that 3D, it's really detailed. I'm not that skilled. But then I look at Hollow Knight, that's something that my art, my own art skills, I think I can achieve. So it's, a, it's this constant encouraging game that has been wildly successful. That's what I use that for, is positive vibes. All right. So as per usual, this is Price is Right style. Whoever is closest without going over wins the point. And as per usual, there's like a, man, what do, what do they call it? What is that thing that they do on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? A lifeline. You can either plus one your opponent or use the number one, but you can only do that once in the entire game. So use it wisely, my friend. For the first question, the idea that prompted the creation of Hollow Knight originated in a game jam called Ludum Dare. In what year did that game jam? Well, that's a little bit of a tongue twister. What year did that happen? I don't know what game jam means. I'm going to go off of no information and say 1994. So game jam is when a bunch of creators come together and and they, in a short window, they all post a game that they threw together in very little time using various platforms like Unity or what have you. Game jams happen all the time. And if you're if you're curious, Google Game Jam and support your local creators. Secondly, this was not that that early, but you gave me tons of margins. So I'm just going to put 2007. All right. And that was very effective. This was first thought of in 2013. They need to have had game jams earlier. They sound I'm really sure good. they did, but in terms of like, I think this is based I, in Unity. Maybe I feel like that wasn't around back in the '90s. If I was, if I wasn't going to play it safe, I was going to guess 2012. If if I went first, there's no need to showboat. We we got the point. Let's move on. All right. So part of the game's development was actually funded on Kickstarter. How much did the original campaign raise? I said original, but there was only one campaign. So so this was actually wildly successful. In terms of Kickstarter funding, I think they exceeded their goal by roughly 200000 So I think they, they achieved uh, $600,000 from Kickstarter. $1, Bob. Very effective. Even though Tectic spoke with such conviction, he was 
far off. They raised $57,000. Yeah, I have no concept of money on Kickstarter. You were right. (laughs) They did exceed their goal. It was like half that. So they almost like doubled their original target. But yeah, it was $57,000. I think $600,000 on Kickstarter is like pretty unheard of. There's probably only a handful of things that have raised that much. But I could be wrong too. I don't know. Now, as we all know, people have different play styles. Some people like to just run through the main story. Other people are completionists and they try to find every single hidden goodie in the game. They do everything. According to How Long to Beat, how long is the average completionist run of Hollow Knight in hours? 107 hours. One hour. And again, the one quantity is used to grow effect. 63 and a half hours is the average completionist run for Hollow Knight. Okay, so I didn't go too far over, but I was over. And that's in the game. Mm-hmm. I've I, I lost the point because of that. Okay. It's currently two that's to fine. one. Tactic is in the lead, but there's still two questions. It's anybody's game. Now, the album of scores for the game is very well loved. Of course. Of course it's going to be a score question. I don't think that this will help him very much. Yeah, I'm not I'm not that dialed into the Hollow Knight score. I wouldn't worry too much. On Spotify, how long is the track for the self-titled score called Hollow Knight in seconds? 1800 seconds. What? I'm okay, I'm confused now. She said a, she said a track. Uh so I'm going to just say 30 seconds. I don't know how yeah. long Wait. Is it? I, is this the duration of the album? Like no, of all of the, the track, songs? the single track for this. He, self- hey, he 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 answered. He didn't listen yeah. to the question. Oh, okay. If that's a okay, <laughs> if that's how you guys want to be, that's fine. I lost it. Whatever. I'll leave it up to you, Nerd Bomber. But I mean, I, I feel like you were pretty. I clear. mean, it's not. It's not up to me. It's up to you since you would be the one that's getting slighted potentially. Because it's fine. It's it's fine. You you, you you can change your answer if you want. I'll be a good sport. I think 1,800 seconds is probably a little too much. How long is the self-titled score called Hollow Knight for the game in seconds? The specific the, the track. S- yeah, you're saying the whole track. The, a track on an album. Which is one not track. an album. It's an album one, is a different one song. Track. One song. I mean, look, you, you can stick with it. Oh, I'm gonna say, if it's if one want. song, I'm going to say... The, so my math was 10 songs at three minutes a song. So if it's one song, I'm going to stick with that just to be consistent. Three minutes a song, three times, 180 seconds. All that, and you didn't get it right. Well, I, I'm trying to be consistent <laughs> with my original answer so that it doesn't seem... Well, Illegal tied it up. That track is 96 seconds. So just over a minute Let's and a half. go. That's a, that's how we do it right there. Be a nice guy and still win. Well, that's because I felt that, Let that be a lesson to you guys. This final question comes down to a tiebreaker now. You, you guys do realize that. I'm not scared. It's not a text-in, though. So, it's not a text-in. I'm, I'm not scared. In what year did the game officially release on the Nintendo Switch? Ooh. 2019. That was a really good guess. I'm going to say 2015 to give me some margin. You snuck it in there. 2018 was when it came out on the Nintendo uh, Switch. Yes. That's a that's a bummer. That's a bummer. But you were right there. You were really close. I yeah, I, I I fought hard. I will say this is kind of fun because this is one of those moments on the show. I moved to three and two. Nerd Bomber, you remain at three and two. Tectic moves to three and two. So we've accomplished nothing. Uh, if there's one thing we could leave you with that we haven't we haven't really done anything in terms of quizzes. We just haven't really you know no one's really risen to the top here. So uh we'll continue uh coming through that i guess in the coming weeks and for right now we're all winners let's just let's not gloss over that we all have positive records i don't really know how that works but it happened with that in mind 
uh, we will close the show. I will, as usual, encourage people to go over to Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the show. Let us know who you think has the most soothing voice. I'm sure you have the feeling of in one way or another about all of us. So we might as well hear it. Uh, in the meantime, stay safe. Keep on podcasting. We'll see you next week.